I used to, I used to say like, you can't hit a home run unless you swing the bat. So guys who sit in the corner and like just stare at the girl across the bar all night wondering, you know, what if? Well, just go up and talk to her. If she says no, all right, at least she gave you a shot. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi guys, I'm Sarah Merrill. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week of the Big Kid Problems podcast. Now the title of our episode this week is called Single As Book, and we will be diving into the struggles of the single life. Uh, So full disclosure, I am not single. I'm in a pretty long-term committed relationship, but oh boy, do I remember those single years. Uh, They were the best of times. They were the worst of times. But in all seriousness, I think being single is really all about riding the highs and lows. Some of the best times in my entire life were when I was single, to be totally honest with you. I miss having complete freedom. And if you're single right now, enjoy that while you still can. I think it's important to remember that, you know, whatever happens in life, you know, you might end up married, you might end up with kids. You have to enjoy this time of life, right? Um, You know, when you can be completely selfish with your time, um, you can wake up late, you can wear your ugly sweatpants, you can like not shave your legs for a week. Those are some of those are some of the perks for me in my single days. I don't know if you guys are still following me, but it is a gift. That freedom is a gift. Um, There's a lot of pros to being single, but on the flip side, I know that there are the lows too, right? I know um, sometimes it can feel a little bit lonely, and I think we've all had that bathroom floor meltdown where we think that we're going to be alone forever. Even though I can promise you that is almost certainly not the case. Uh, So for this week, I brought on the co-author of the book, This Is Why You're Single. She really did write the book on this topic. I'm not making it up. Um, Laura Lane uh, is here to help us deal. Um, But before we have Laura on, we're going to kick things off with a panel from two people who definitely know a thing or two about being single in a very large dating pool, otherwise known as New York City. So stay tuned. We will be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am joined here with Connor Crehan of Barstool Sports Podcast, Zero Blog 30. Hi, Connor. Hey, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And Anna Morgenstern, our dating coach and matchmaker here in New York. Hello. How does one become a dating coach and matchmaker? Lots of experience. Okay. <laughs> lots, of, lots of friends that have had amazing experiences dating in New York. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. And I'm one of those friends. Yeah. I feel like I, I qualify as that. And these are actually two of my good pals here in New York. And we are going to get to the bottom of this. What's it like being single in New York City? 
Probably a lot easier for you two. <laughs> oh, I think the opposite. Guys, I think the opposite too. Yeah, guys are so lucky in New York. They don't like go to San Francisco and then tell me how dating in New York is different. Why? What's what's up with San Francisco? I was just there recently. But That's was... actually the reason why I became a dating coach. Okay. San Francisco is more men than women. So okay. girls got to run like the dating culture. Hmm. Girls want relationships. They want commitment. And so guys had to give them that. And yeah. if a girl saw a guy go on a date with two different girls in one week. No one would touch him with a 10-foot pole. Right. Not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, guys are like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like different day every night of the week, and you're never going to get caught, so it's okay. Yeah, because it's such a big city, I guess. I don't know. But I just think it's so much easier as a girl, especially if, if it's like with you two, you're attractive. It, it's very easy because all you have to do is show up. Uh, and if you want a guy <laughs> to go home with a guy, you can really just make that happen. Okay, going home with a guy is different than getting into a relationship. Oh, all right. That's very true. Fair enough. That's a fair, fair point. Sure. But there are so many times I've been at a bar and I've been trying to like, I'll go out with the intention. I'm like, I'm going to hook up tonight. Like, I look <laughs> good. I'm going to the bar. Like, this is happening. And I, I just like get there and like look cute and then wait for guys to approach me. And then they don't. Why? But I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That. Like, I, I would walk up to either of you two if I saw you in a bar. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little different. I'm a little outgoing. So it's a little easier. But I guess maybe it's harder yeah. than What's, I might realize. the dating apps. The dating apps change the dating culture. Guys don't approach girls anymore because they can just find them on the apps later. I guess. That's true. But I tell clients, like my female clients, if you want to talk to a guy, it's so easy to go up to them and say hi. Like if you don't have any agenda and you're just yeah. being like positive and just putting out like good vibes, like yeah. people are going to want to talk to you. And the best trick I tell them is if you meet a girl for happy hour, like girlfriend, arrive like 15 minutes early and just go up to a group of guys and be like, oh, my friend is always late. Do you mind like if you keep me company until she gets here? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good, that is Guaran a good tip. Guaranteed it works 100% of the time. But you have to make sure it's just a group of guys, no girls. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. Quick, quick funny story. That happened to me like really like I was at a bar once and mm -hmm. my friend was running an hour late and yeah. I was just at the bar by myself and these group of guys took me in. They're like... You know, we feel bad for you. Come hang out with us. <laughs> and so I was chatting up with them. And then my friend got there. And long story short, she's now engaged to one of those guys. Wow. And she got the guy at the end of the night. That's crazy. That's wow. actually amazing. Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. See? It's a good way to break the ice, though, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's a good trick. Like, purposely show up early. What was your approach at the bar, Connor? Back in your single days? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I would usually, I, I was I'd never really going out with the intention like, oh, I got to get laid tonight. It was usually. Really? Just, no, I swear. <laughs> it was never like, all right, I want to get laid tonight. But I just, I, I was usually out with a group of friends. And if I saw a good looking girl, I would just walk up and say hello. I never tried any sort of cheesy line or anything. As I've, I've mentioned, like I can talk to anybody. Yeah. So really just hello worked the best. Mm -hmm. What's the cheesiest line you guys have ever heard? Oh, I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I mean, I think it's more like, Oh wow. Like, you're so beautiful. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh, like, a lot. So I live by NYU, so I get a lot of NYU kids being like, oh, I think I saw you in my psychology class. I'm like, no, <laughs> no you didn't. You didn't. I got you college 10 years ago. That's yeah. such a compliment. I would ride with yeah. that. I guess the biggest, nice. biggest thing you always, I, I would always just try to find an opening, a reason to, to say something, a comment on something that was happening at the bar or something that they ordered or, or anything. You find that opening, boom, you hit it, and then you just start the conversation from there. Yeah. And if you're like a nice, normal person, it's right. always nice to say hello. And like, right. I would never, you know, if a cute guy came up to you and was like, hey, how's your day going? Like, what, what are you celebrating tonight? Like, oh, well, you know, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Like, it would just it'd be nice. But if mm -hmm. they come up to you like, hey, girl, like, wow, like, oh, you could use a shot. Oh, uh -huh. you know, like that. It's sleazy. It's <laughs> right. like, uh, why are you trying to get me drunk? Like, it's not yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
No, and I also, you can tell right away if you, you can vibe with someone and have a conversation. If it feels like you're really pulling teeth and struggling, you got to just cut cut the cord, get out of there. You don't yeah. waste your time. doesn't matter how good, she, good looking she is because it just won't happen. Have you ever had like a true fail situation where you just got like shut down? I'd imagine there, there were definitely times where I was talking to a girl and then her boyfriend comes out of there. <laughs> ah, all right, I'll see you later. Nice to meet you, but I'll be on my way now. That's probably the worst that ever happened to me. And yeah, that's actually why guys don't approach girls at bars. They're so scared of like her boyfriend's around the corner or like if they get rejected by the girl and they have to walk back to their group of guy friends and it's like, Yeah, but oh, who cares? God. Ultimately, I think most that's- guys do. Well, most guys are, really guys are losers then. Yeah, I don't know. I just, if a girl says no, oh well. I used to, I used to say like, you can't hit a home run unless you swing the bat. So guys who sit in the corner and like just stare at the girl across the bar all night wondering, you know, what if? Mm-hmm. Well, just go up and talk to her. If she says no, all right, at least she gave you a shot. Yeah. That's so. true. And it's like usually the guys that do approach you at the bar are not the ones you necessarily want to chat with. Because mm-hmm. they're probably doing it to everyone that they meet, you know? Yeah. Like the nice guys are the ones that are like sitting back and just kind of looking over and are too shy to come over. So that's why I tell my female clients, like, go over and say hi, like, start it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, because this was also, I think, part of my problem was I used to go out with like 12 girls. <laughs> that, that can be tough because you walk up to a group of 12 girls, all relatively attractive, that all you, look like the same. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be really something special because if you're trying to talk to one girl, the eleven others are judging you while you're talking to that girl. I so that know. is very tough. And then if you also like stand in a circle and are closed off to the bar, yeah. like body language is a big reason why people don't approach one another. Because like if your back is um, against like the crowd, it looks like you don't want to be approached if you're standing mm. in a circle. But if you're like open, like your back's against the bar and you're looking at everyone then you're more approachable. Yeah, that's true. Mm. All right. So now, I mean, we we talk about like going to the bars and when you're single and hitting on people, but I think a big part of dating now is obviously the dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your dating app strategy? Are you like a swipe a bunch of people, see who picks up or like, are you, I remember I used to try and go, I was like a number, I'm like numbers. Yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. All right. Let's hit one date a night mm-hmm. and like see what happens and that never worked. Yeah. No, I would just swipe a ton, I guess. But then it got to be so repetitive because then you swipe the match okay now let's have this bullshit conversation with all this stupid yeah. small talk where are you from what do you do da 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 I got tired of doing it I, I mean I actually have one huge success story off of Tinder uh, <laughs> I matched with a girl we went out a few times didn't really work out but now here we are four or five years later and she's really close friends with me and my entire family oh and whoa she's there all the time hanging out like down at our house down the shore comes the football games she's just like a buddy now how do you transition to a uh, friend zone? Uh, I think because we went up, we went apart a little bit. And, yeah. And, but we had always had a lot in common, and the friendship was really good. So even though the dating wasn't going to happen, yeah, the friendship was still good. That it was cool and mm-hmm. cool to the point that my girlfriend is cool when she's around. Oh, that so, is cool. Yeah, it's a little weird, but it worked. I think it's harder for the girls to like keep guys as friend zones. I, I at least I've been on dates with dudes, and I've immediately been like, I am not attracted to this guy, but yeah. we could be buddies. And then, you know, the guy's not having that. Well, I think it gets yeah. easier too as you get older because to have a platonic relationship with someone is not something you're really trying to do at 24. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, girls are just the girls I, girls who are friends or maybe just girls I want to sleep with, but I wasn't able to. And why am I wasting my time? But then as you get older, it's nice to have friends of the opposite sex. I don't yeah, know. definitely. And I don't know, like, 
at this point in my life, like if I go out with somebody a couple of times and it doesn't work out, I would love for my friend to go out with them and try it out. Like I don't, I don't feel territorial. Really? People. Like I used to when I was younger, I'd be like, no one can touch him. I kissed him <laughs> once. <laughs> now I'm like, hey, like, you know, it didn't work out, but you should meet my friend, you know, this person and like see if that works out. Like I'm more about connecting people now. Mm-hmm. What if you've like already myself. made out or hooked up? Uh, I think if it's been a while, like a year or two, I, don't, I think it's fine. But if you if it's a relationship and you had like you're in love, then obviously it's different. But if you just like kind of hung out a few times, I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's what care, you, sharing is caring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Nice to look out for your friends. What do you tell your clients when it comes to the apps? Not use them. Uh, you know, I feel like the apps will always be there, but if you have a negative experience doing anything, apps, whatever, then you should stop because right. it's going to come out in your real life as well. So if you have a negative attitude in dating because the apps aren't working out. When you're out, like, you know, you're going to be like, oh, this guy's not going to like me. And because you already have this negative outlook. Mm-hmm. So if it's not working out for you, take a break. They're always going to be there. Yeah. But if it's if you're getting dates on there and you're happy with it, then by all means, continue doing yeah. it. But I feel like apps are on the decline anyway. Everyone's kind of sick so. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I always felt weird, too. I, was, I would always think like, all right, what if I meet a girl on an app and it goes really well and we end up together? Oh, what am I going to tell my kids, like, how I met their mother? Like, that's just, I don't know. Maybe that was a personal preference, but I didn't like the thought of saying, like, oh, I met this chick on a dating app. Yeah. Obviously, people have and they've gotten married and yeah. it's worked. So that, you know, good for them. But that just always rubbed me the wrong way. I know. And every boyfriend I've ever had, I've always met in real life. I've never yeah. dated, had, like, a significant relationship with someone I met online or on an app. No, yeah. me either. And my, my Zero success rate. Yeah. <laughs> my other thing with the apps was I always like to say, like, um, I'm more interesting than I am good looking. So it's much better for me to be able to have a conversation with someone versus just, I'm not walking into a bar and everyone's like, whoa, look at that guy. <laughs> yeah. So I got to be able to open my mouth and have a conversation with you for me to have any sort of success. That's so. For women, they, they fall in love more with like, is he a good person? Right. Is he a good provider? Is he loyal? Is he honest? Especially as you get older. Yes. Like looks are less important for guys. They always, looks are always first. But yeah. for women, like we really want someone who's just going to be there and going to be like a responsible father and husband all that like those yeah. are more important qualities that's what bodes well for me yeah <laughs> perfect all right so i mean aside from dating like, are you happy to be single in new york or do you ever get like moments of like oh god i just want to find a relationship i think you definitely have moments of both where it's so much fun you have such a lot of friends that are single around mm-hmm. you going out doing fun things going on trips but then, you know, you see on Facebook the old boyfriend that got engaged. And you're like, oh, another one bites the dust. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it does get a little bit like, oh, is it going to happen for me? But yeah. I think, you know, if you're as long as you're having fun and happy, like defining a relationship doesn't mean you're going to be happy. There's sure. plenty of people in relationships that are unhappy. So yeah. I think the most important thing is to be happy. Okay, yeah. wait, quick on that subject. I'm interested to see if girls are the same way with guys. But, like, when you see your buddies getting mm-hmm. engaged, do you mm-hmm. have that internal, like, oh, God, should I get engaged soon? Or do you, like, no. you don't have that at all? <laughs> no, <'cause laughs> I've, seen, I've seen too many of my friends get married and divorced. Oh. So, I mean, and there's one friend in particular who's very close to me, and he is going through a terrible, terrible situation. Oh. There isn't enough time in the day for me to tell you about all the details. But I always tell my mother, you know, do you want me to end up like that? You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's important to do things as they come, not because, oh, I'm at a certain age or my friends are doing it. So, shit, maybe I should get engaged, too. Yeah. When it's right, then you can do it. Do you get that? 
Uh, you know what? So like, I was, I, maybe I was like yeah. thinking it was all girls. Maybe it's just a me problem. I, <laughs> I, honestly, I feel both ways. Like my mom now, because my sister is kind of going through a tough marriage, and she tells me she's like, you know what? You don't really need to get married. Like yeah. before, she'd be like, get married and have kids. Now she's like, you don't really need to. Like getting legally tied to someone is kind of scary. But there's so many happy marriages too, and of course, like I want that for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy for everyone you know in my life, especially in California. They're all engaged and married now. Mm-hmm. So on Facebook, when I see another one, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm getting a little older now. Yeah. But I also I'm really happy in my life too. So that's what it comes down to. I think if you're happy, you don't necessarily need to do one thing or the other as yeah. long as you're happy. But I also think if you're unhappy, just getting in a relationship might not necessarily just solve that. And if you come into a relationship from an unhappy place, right. you're going to in- inevitably ruin the relationship. Yeah, you're going to make I that I definitely did that unhappy. with my last, my last boyfriend. I was a bitch to him. Like, I was angry with him every week because I was unhappy. I didn't like my career. I didn't like all these things that I was doing. And finally, after we broke up, like, I started going into my own business, doing the dating coaching, matchmaking, and I'm so happy now. And now I feel like I'm finally attracting the right people and I'm coming from a place of internal happiness. Yeah. It's such a different like relationship that I'm in now versus mm. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I think, that. I mean, social media is such a, a pressure to do yeah. so many things. You it's know. so fake. Like, it is. It is. Cause oh, my God. I've, I always think it's hysterical when you see people that get divorced and you're like, oh, like, you just posted a week ago. How yeah, happy you are. Everyone's so happy. It's like, well, yo, you people need to understand that like Instagram, Facebook, all that shit is just all the good stuff. No one's going to, yeah. you know, post a picture. Hey, just got in a knockdown drag out fight with my girlfriend. It sucked. <laughs> now we're both crying. Check it out. No one's posting that on their story. So I think social media is a crock of shit when it comes to relationships. So you shouldn't pay attention to it at all. Exactly. It's just there to make us feel bad about our own lives. But right. it's not, they're, they're miserable too. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Everyone's miserable. <laughs> okay. Everyone has their own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I mean, I feel like I've in my in my single days, like mm-hmm. it was so long ago, it wasn't that long ago. But I remember like being really happy, like having like these moments of like going out with the girls and having so much fun. And then like something would happen where I'd need to open a jar at home and be <laughs> like, this sucks. Yeah. yeah. In those moments, like what do you what do you think you do to get out of that? I mean, I think you have to think, like, what's the root cause of you feeling that way? Is it because are you happy in your career? Are you happy with your weight? Because it's a lot for girls. Like, we're always thinking about, like, oh, I have to lose a couple pounds. Like, mm-hmm. if you always have these things that you're knocking yourself down, then you're, you're going to end up having a couple of drinks and being sad about it. It's yeah. already on your mind. So <laughs> It's think- not so much the jar pissing yeah. you off. Is it? It's everything else, and it's materialized itself in that you can't <laughs> open that the jar. jar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I think if you... I think everything has a solution. So if mm-hmm. you're always have like a negative outlook, then things are going to be bad for you. Yeah. yeah. If you're like, all right, like today sucks, tomorrow's going to be better, then you're going to get through it better. Yeah. I don't know. Probably the biggest thing for me now, having been in a relationship uh, over a year, is just having to think about someone else as mm-hmm. well. What used to be, all right, what do I want to do on Friday night? What do I want to do this weekend? Where do I want to go on mm-hmm. a trip next? Now it's just more of a conversation. And that's not a bad thing. It's just something else to consider. So, That's I, so I, never, true. I was never unable to open jars. Though, so. <laughs> you never had that yeah, problem. I never had that problem. There, I can show you how to open jars. There's a lot of tricks. I can Are there? Yeah. You like tap it like upside down on the table. Oh my God. That is hilarious. Yeah, there's ways. You can always open the jar. You don't mm-hmm. need a man, Sarah. You, <laughs> you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should make a list of those, like those like single girl hacks. Hacks, yeah. That's genius. I have so mm-hmm. many. Oh my gosh. All right. It's important. Um, do you see okay. your business go up? It, it, there's an uptick starting September. Yeah. yeah. Day, it's always an uptick. Mm. Especially in, I feel like, New York because the weather changes. Like out in California, I don't know if cupping scenes isn't as no. much of a thing. Probably not. Because not, all, we, not. We like physically need the body warmth. Yes. Like, yeah. It's yeah. Really 
real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It gets depressing in the winter sometimes, depending on the weather. So it's just nice to have it's an actual to... disorder. Or like yeah. A, like seasonal affect disorder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And having somebody to watch Netflix with is the care. Yeah. But sometimes it's such a pain in the ass deciding what to watch. That is true. I actually spend like 70% of the time deciding what to watch. Yeah. I know. Arguing about it and then just ultimately picking what I wanted anyway. Exactly. But no, like right now my girlfriend, she wants to watch certain shows. I'm like, I just don't want to watch those shows. I don't want to invest <laughs> my life with nine seasons worth of Shameless. I just don't have a desire to watch that show. Let's pick something else. And she gets mad at me like, ah, oh, why, why don't you want to watch Shameless? I don't know. I, I actually had a relationship start because I just started watching Lost and he okay. loves his favorite show. He literally, that's how he got into a relationship because he like wanted to rewatch with me. And I would just always go over there to watch like another episode of Lost. There's so many seasons, so mm-hmm. many episodes. We end up hanging out like months. We're like, oh wait, we're in a relationship now. It's all because we had like this love share yeah. of Lost. So funny. Yeah. What about when it ended? Were you just like, peace? Uh, yeah, when the show ended, so the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. All right, guys. Well, this is a fun chat, and it looks like we're, you know, this is actually way more mature than I was expecting from either of you. Well, no, I, I feel think, like yeah. we're growing up. We're yeah. growing up. But I'm, I'm a professional, Sarah. Yeah, I guess. I, <laughs> I like to say I'm just merely shaped like an adult. I can fool a lot of people. You so. and me both. Yeah. You didn't see me at a bounce last night, so don't call me an adult <laughs> yet. <laughs> we have our moments. <laughs> Stay tuned. We will be right back with our expert of the week, Miss Laura Lane. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Let me fill you in on a little secret called Anchor. Anchor is the platform I've been using. It is so easy. It's free to use. And it has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. You can record and edit directly into the app, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you everywhere that podcasts are listened to. So Spotify, Apple, um, just pretty much anywhere you can think that you would want to distribute your podcast, they'll hook you up. Um, They even make it easy to make money from your podcast by offering up different partnership opportunities, and you can track all of that good stuff within the app. So if you've ever thought about making your own, now is the time to do it. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's the Anchor app or anchor.fm to start your own podcast today. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problems podcast. I am here with, I am so excited to bring you Laura Lane. Laura is a comedy writer, an author, just a hilarious chick, a journalist. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but she actually wrote the book, This Is Why You're Single. I did. I wrote that book. (laughs) Yeah. I co-wrote that book. Yes. Yes. To be fair, with an amazing comedy writer and my friend, Angela. Yes, Angela Sparrow. Um, But you wrote the book, This Is Why You're Single. So I had to get you on for this episode because we are talking about the big kid problem of being eternally single. So since you wrote the book, maybe you could give us a couple examples of of maybe some things we're doing of why, why some of us are single. Okay, so a lot of the reasons I think people are single are things that I'm also guilty of or that I was guilty of that I've done before. One of the things is people travel in packs. Because you want to go out with like a big group of girlfriends. And I know that our group of girlfriends is super <laughs> guilty of this. You like travel. It looks like a sorority when they turn up at a bar. I mean, they're like gorgeous and beautiful. But for guys, this is super intimidating. Not only can guys like not figure out who to pick There's a, when you're with like a big group of girls, but it's it's really intimidating for guys. It's always better to go with like just one or two friends. 
I mean, a lot of people don't have the guts to just show up at a bar by themselves. But honestly, if you do, I think that's always a good move. You know, go to like a cool low-key bar, get a glass of wine, bring a book, you know, don't be on your phone. That's another thing. Like get off the phone, put the phone away. I'm guilty of that one. Yeah. So uh, me too. So I would say traveling in packs is a big one. Um, That's so funny you say that because I've definitely, we've definitely done that where we've been standing around in a circle of eight girls being like, why isn't anybody approaching us? How can a guy (laughs) infiltrate the circle? Yeah, it's like, it's like a herd of buffalo. Like you can't, you know, one's going to try to like infiltrate it, you know? And if they do, it's like, then who, who are they going to pick? Yeah, just go just go with like one or two friends. That's always a good thing to do. Uh, another thing that that I think people do wrong is we call it insta-dating. And it's kind of like on like Instagram, you know, you're like, just like, all right, you know, flicking through the pictures, flicking through the pictures. It's like you're always thinking that somebody is better around the corner. So you're never in the moment with the person that you are on a date with. You're like either, even if you're on a date with someone, you're like looking over their shoulder or you might be like, oh, I wonder like if this person wrote me back on Bumble. Like when that guy goes to the bathroom, I'm just going to like check real quick. So insta-dating, you know, not being in the moment with somebody. I don't know. Those are like two big ones that I know that I've been guilty of. Uh, I'm trying to think what else people do. Oh, this is a big thing. Expecting the person that you're with to be all things. You know, like there's that phrase like, oh, you complete me. But like nobody can really fulfill all the things somebody wants. Like a guy can't be your best friend, your lover, give you feedback on like work stuff. Also be like a good like financial advisor. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, also be your boyfriend. You know, like they can't fill all those roles. It's not fair to ask somebody to do those things. And then when they don't fulfill one of those... Like, let's say, you know, they don't want to give you like good work advice or they don't really want to like gossip with you about your friend, Elizabeth, you know, you're like, why, you know, you're no fun, you know, why can't, why can't you be like, you know, so-and-so. But so I think, you know, just letting someone be your boyfriend and maybe your lover and maybe like one other role in your life. Like for me, I'm definitely guilty of this, like with Nick, who is my husband now. I want, I always ask him for feedback on my writing and my work stuff. And then I'll also, you know, want to like do a little like gossiping about, you know, whatever my friends and he like, he will have like none of the gossiping. So I'm like, okay, you're not my like gossip BFF. You can be my friend in other ways, but let's, all right, I'm just going to let you be my husband. So I think just when you're with someone, just not expecting that they're going to fill all the roles in your life and you should get other people in your life to fill those roles. Yeah. No, those are, those are great points. One of those that stood out to me, and I think this is one of the reasons I was single for so long, is you mentioned that kind of like list or wanting somebody to always, to kind of fill every role. Like, I don't know about you, but when you were back in the single days, did you kind of have like like I tried to like manifest my man kind yes. of where I had a full list of like down to his hair color and height, like what I was looking for. So then I'd be out at a bar and I'd be like, oh, well, I don't see any like six, four dudes that look like lumberjack slash finance guy with like a beard. And like, I, I had such a specific vision in my mind and like the guy I'm dating now doesn't look like that at all. And I think, you know, (laughs) yeah. and if I luckily like kind of gave him a chance, but I, you know, I feel like people could probably miss a lot of good people if they have such like a high or like such a a big expectation of that criteria. I feel like the biggest hypocrite when it comes to this point, because Nick, I feel like I legit manifested him out of my brain because he physically looks like exactly what I want. He's like a creative person. He's into sports, but not too much. He like, 
I don't know, has like a good aesthetic, whatever. He is literally like my dream guy that I, I sometimes I feel like he's, he's not real, but this is not normal. And we've had um, a lot of relationship experts on the show, but one basically made this exact point. She was like, you can't have a list that's too long. You are allowed five things on your list, whether that's like sense of humor, you want them to look a certain way. Maybe you want them to like have good dance moves, whatever. It could be legit anything you want, but you can have five things and that's it. That's it. That's all you can have on your list. And I think that's a much better rule to stick by. Oh, I like that. The limiting it to five. Yeah. That's all you get. Okay. Interesting. I'm into it. It's hard to find someone that like, you know, you manifest out of your head and it's not fair for people to have to live up to that, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think it's funny. We're talking about like manifesting a person, but another thing I think when we're single for a long period of time is you kind of start to like get some like negative, you you kind of, you can't help but start to think of these, some of these negative things like, well, what if I never find that person? Like, am I going to be alone forever? Right. Is there anything like, if you could go back or like say something to like somebody who's single and kind of going through some of those negative thoughts, like what you would say? Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is, and this is a big thing on our podcast, is we don't try to push the you know, marriage and a baby is like the goal. Because it's not the goal for everybody. Some people really want to be single and enjoy being single. And they kind of want to like be that person that's dating around and hooking up with people till they're in their old age and like more power to you. But for those that do want a relationship, there's a lot that I would say. I mean, it's funny because you never know when you're going to meet the person. Because I, I do believe that everybody will eventually. So it's kind of like, you don't know when like, like your last kiss or makeout is going to be with with all these other guys. You know, if you knew the date <laughs> that you were going to meet the love of your life, you would probably be having a lot more fun with dating, right? That's so true. You would, you would probably be really enjoying it. And you would just like go make out with a guy at a bar and be like, like, it's cool because I know on this date, I'm going to meet my person. So I'm going to live it up a little more. So I feel like a lot of people, they they lose the fun in dating. And that comes across when they're when they are dating. Like people can tell just your energy. You can tell this person's not enjoying it. They're not having fun with dating. So if it's ever starting to become like a job or like a chore, I would say take a break. And that could be taking a break from dating apps and maybe just giving it a shot to meeting people in person. If you're sick of going to bars, then like, you know, just go to bars for fun and maybe just do exclusively apps or take a break from it all and just, you know, give yourself some time and then go back to it when it's when it's fun again. Because yeah, you just, you don't know what that date's going to be. So like have a little more fun thinking that, you know, there is a date when I'm going to meet the person that I'm going to be with. And and in the meantime, I'm just going to have fun and that will come across. Because I don't know, if, at least for me and for most of my friends that are in long-term relationships, we met somebody when we weren't trying, which is so hard for anyone to understand. It was hard for me to understand because I was looking for someone. But for whatever reason, it was like that moment or that month, I was really like giving it a break. Because when, you, when you're like, I can't not try. I want to meet someone. But just give yourself some some you time. Like I was going to a party and I it was a holiday party and I wasn't like, I'm going to go to this party. You know, is there hot guys at the party? That's what all of my single friends ask me when I invite them out. They're like, are there going to be hot guys? I'm like, I don't know. How about you just like come for fun and like maybe I'll be there. I'll be there, you know, and you'll, and maybe there will be a guy, but don't only do things because you're looking for hot guys or looking for hot girls. Like I went to the party thinking that no one was going to be there. And then I ended up meeting, you know, 
My future husband, who would have known? That's so nuts. Yeah, so find the fun in it again. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's really good advice. When you first met Nick, would you say like you knew immediately that like this was your guy forever or your future husband or is it something that you realized later down the road? I was definitely crushing really hard. I thought he was super hot. We had a really nice long conversation. And I was like, I'm going to do things a little different this time. I'm not going to kiss this guy. (laughs) Even though I'm like very anti- slut shaming. Like if you're in the moment and you want to like go home with a guy the first night you meet him, like that's cool. But the one thing I would, my one advice if you do that is do it with confidence. Don't be one of those people that's like, you know, I never do this because, you know, I never do this. I'm only doing this with you because then you just come across as somebody that's not confident in their decisions and it makes the guy feel uncomfortable or the girl feel uncomfortable and that's not sexy. So if you do it, you know, do it with confidence and be like, I'm just so turned on by you and I want to do this and I'm doing this with confidence. But anyways, back to your question. With Nick, I I think I, I mean, I definitely, I went home and Googled him and like, and I found his art website and just kind of like spent a few- oh, you were crushing hard. I was crushing hard. I spent like a few, yeah, hours in the early morning just like looking up his art. And then I crafted this really creepy, weird, long, rambly email that I went back and read years later and was like, I cannot believe this guy ever wrote me back because this email is so weird. You sent him an email? I sent him an email because he gave me his card, which it's all cheesy, but... And yeah, I sent him like this long email that tried to be really deep and was like... I Like that night, I'd come from a work event where I was doing interviews at like the the jingle ball, like with like singer, whatever. And I wrote about like something about mirrors facing mirrors and like being a journalist is like being an artist because it's like we're reflecting culture, whatever. It was some, it was, it was, (laughs) I was deaf. I was an adult, but I was writing some like cheesy high school bullshit and he somehow responded (laughs) to it. So I don't know. I guess my advice would be- He was probably crushing hard on you too. Just be your most authentic self because- the right person will see past the cheese <laughs> and write you back. That's amazing. No, I always think it's funny because I think I, I especially thought this when I was single, and I think it's such a limiting belief is like you always hear and what you expect because like when you watch movies is well, everybody kind of wants that story. I think that's actually a really cute oh, romantic thanks. story. Okay, but like good. you meet and you're like automatically attracted to them, or like you meet and your eyes lock and it's just like oh, I knew, you know, like just from the moment I saw them, I knew. And I, and at least in my experience, like I've now been dating somebody for almost five years and like, we're very much in love and happy, but like, I didn't feel that way. Like yeah. right when I saw them, I was, not everyone, you does. know, and like, I kind of feel like, I think, and this is, this is kind this is kind of a long way of getting to my next question, which is at what point, like how much time do you give yourself? Cause I think some, if you're not necessarily like, if you're if you start talking to somebody and you're not really sure if you're super into them, like how long would you say to kind of like explore that before you're like wasting both of the, your time? That's such a good question. I mean, oh, it's so situational, but I would say give it a few dates. You really can't force things. Like there was this guy who would, I still to this day just think he's like the nicest guy. He like went to Harvard, was super into art. We'd go to like museums together. And I just like could not... He was like super buff. Like I just, for whatever reason, there just wasn't the chemistry there. So I call people like that good on paper. Like you want to like them and you're like, they've got all the good stuff and like they're into me and like, I should like them. They're like, they meet all my criteria. They're smart. They're nice. They're respectful. Like, why am I not fully invested in this? But I would say like, 
for that particular guy that I'm thinking of, I probably went out with him like three or four times. We like went to a museum. We'd go to like, we'd get ice cream. We'd hang out with friends. And then at some point I was like, no, it's just not there. You know? Did you have to break up with this? Like, I never, it was never like an official breakup. It was more like they were all kind of casual, like quote unquote friend hangouts. They were dates, but for whatever reason, it wasn't weird when it kind of like faded. And now we're still like cool and on good terms. But yeah, I, I don't know. In some situations, it, it if you're going on like four dates, you kind of are eventually going to have to break it up with someone. Yeah, it's such an awkward... Like when you're not officially dating, you're not like dating, dating, but you kind of have to like... You have to say something. At that point, I think you just say like either, you know, oh, I was dating someone else that got more serious or, or you just say... The, you know, the truth, which is, I think I just like you more as a friend. I really wanted to explore it and see it. It's either way, it's hard, awkward conversations. I'm a big anti-ghoster. So, you know, if you if you respect someone enough to be trying to give them a shot to see if things can work out and you go on three or four dates with someone, I think you owe them at least, you know, there's just, you know, I tried to see if, it, if I was like into it, but the chemistry is just not there. Yeah. You know? And some people get really defensive and like pissed off. And then it'll make you be like, I'm never going to tell people the truth again. That happened to one of my friends. She like told a guy, she's like, I just like you more as a friend. And he got really aggressive. But I was like, you know what? I'm proud of you for for doing the right thing and not not ghosting because we read a lot of studies on our podcast and, and studies show that it's easier for people to get over someone when they've been given a reason. Yeah. So what might take them two weeks to get over, you know, will take them a lot longer if you ghost them and they don't have a reason. So do the nice thing. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. Have you ever been ghosted? Have I ever been ghosted? God, it wasn't like... I mean, I've been with Nick for so long. It wasn't like called ghost. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I feel like who hasn't, you know? That's true. I've been ghosted one once. Once? One time, but I remember it like vividly. Really? What happened? Because I was so... Because it was so it was so weird, you know, and and I'm sure anybody listening to this who's in the single boat, like this may have happened to you too. But like, you know, me and this guy started talking and like lots of chemistry, like really good, really like cute, sassy text messages going back and forth. Seemed like everything was going well. Went on a couple dates, a couple good makeouts, and then like nothing. But like to this day, this was years ago. He like still likes all my Instagram photos. He's orbiting you. <laughs> so that's orbiting is when they've like basically they've ghosted you, but they'll they'll they will still orbit you. Like they'll like all your social media and stuff. I and love you're like, that there's a term what? for this. You're like, what? What is your deal? Like, why are you doing this? Why are why are you liking my all up and all my social? But then you don't give me the respect to text me back. It's the weirdest thing. It's and I so weird. Yeah, I don't know why people do it. I mean. I do know why people do it. They have like very weird... It's that they don't want to deal with confrontation. They don't want to, you know... They they just feel like, oh, I'm just going to ignore them and uh, pretend that I don't have to be an adult and tell them I'm not into them or tell them I started dating someone else. And But I, I'm going to pretend that that I, I am an adult because I'm still liking them. I, it's very weird. It's just weird. Yeah, that's super, super lame, guys. Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) That's even worse. I know, seriously. And I'm always curious. I'm like, is somebody an orbiter? Like how many people do they have in that like orbit rotation? You know, there's probably hundreds. Who knows? But uh, what what would you say for somebody who maybe has been ghosted? 
what is like the protocol? Like, do you call them out and get your answer or do you just kind of like let it go? I think you just got to let it go and and just know that you don't want to be with someone that would do that. You know, they're, they're clearly not good at communication. I think the type of person that ghosts is so afraid of confrontation that they would be terrible in a relationship anyways. So... Yeah, I don't know. I the advice I give though is sometimes not always what I would do. I'm like I would probably I might call them out and be like, "What is your deal?" You know, like we had a nice time. Why are you Why are you being weird? But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a wuss. Maybe I wouldn't do that. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. It's been so long since I was <laughs> ghosted. I feel like I feel like the last time I was ghosted, I could like call on a landline, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like call their mom, right, <laughs> and be like, "Is John home?" Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. I hear him in the background. Yeah. Don't have your mom help you ghost me. It's amazing. Oh my gosh! All right. I feel like part of the reason why some of this ghosting has become popular is just because there's such like a volume of dating. And especially with like people doing dating apps and stuff like that, you almost like you're kind of saying like insta dating earlier on, like it almost like dehumanizes the whole process because there's just so much volume. Yeah, it's true. That's why I mean, dating such a personal thing, but certain things you just have to do your best to not take personally, which I think is just, I would, I just find so difficult because when you go on a date with someone, you're sitting there face to face, you've put a face to a name. You know, they're not just some invisible person behind a profile. Like you've met this human being. How can you ghost them after meeting them is honestly beyond me. I think it's just so rude. But yeah, there is such a volume. People don't want to deal. They just, you know, they're going on like seven dates a week, if not more. Sometimes, you know, multiple dates a, a night. And they just like don't have time to like tell people like, hey, it's it's a numbers game. I'm just going to go out with as many people as I can until I find someone I really connect with. It's too much effort to like tell you that. Um, <laughs> so then Sorry, they, I've got a seven o'clock. I yeah, go. exactly. So then they just, then they just ghost. Yeah, I think you're right. It is a numbers game. Yeah, it's so funny. I remember when I was, I played that game for a little bit, a little bit of time where I was doing the whole like, I'm going to do three dates a week because it is a numbers game. And if I just like increase my numbers, I'm bound to like find somebody. Um, You know what really got me the most burnt out with that was just on, because you have so many first dates, right? And you have those like, those first date questions. Those BS questions. Yes. That are so annoying. It's like, yes, I have a brother and a sister and yep, I'm from California, you know. Yeah. Did you ever like, or have you ever heard of any really good, like break the ice first date questions that help kind of break up that monotony? Uh, I don't know if anyone's actually used these, but we have a list in our book. Let me see if I can find them. They're oh, like, I love that. Yeah. We have like a list of basically like icebreakers. I don't, I'm I'm like flipping through the book right now, but okay, I'll, some of them off the top of my head are like, when's the last time you went to like medieval times? Or <laughs> did you know that grapes explode in microwaves? And just like very random, like ele- elevators or escalators go, you know, which do you prefer? Just being kind of random and, and like, you know, getting rid of those questions yeah, that prefer. you're gonna you're gonna like figure out eventually with you're gonna find out if someone has a brother or sister and honestly like how much do you really care if they have a brother and sister you really don't care oh i don't know i can't but, but those were some of them like just just thinking really randomly and yeah breaking the ice that way but yeah, changing talk, it up talking about really specific things and changing it up all right. Well, that is great advice. And before I let you go, because I'm so happy that we have you, is there any, like, what would you say? Because I know now, you know, it's been a while since you've been single and you kind of can like look back on that time. 
and it like, you know, have that in the background. You have gotten married. You now have a, a beautiful little baby boy who we got to see earlier. Yes, who I'm shocked we haven't been hearing him scream on the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. What would you, if you could go back and say something to your single self, what would it be? I mean, it's kind of what I said earlier, I think would probably be the advice. I would say just have as much fun as you can right now. Like it'll work out, chill out, don't worry so much. And I would probably tell myself to be like a little less crazy. <laughs> less crazy. I'm like a little less crazy. Like, you know, I, I, I probably wasn't the most easy person to date at times. I don't know. I would get mad at like stupid shit, you know? Uh, I've definitely like learned a lot of what it's like to be in a relationship and not put so much pressure on someone and just know that, you know, people are human. You know, most people are not malicious. They're not like out to get you. And yeah, I would just say like, just have more fun. Cause you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't know when it's like your last, you know, your last hurrah or your last hurrah. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'll cheers to that one. Laura, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. And if you want to hear more, from Laura Lane or check out her podcast. It's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Tell them where to find it. You can find it on iTunes. This Is Why You're Single show.com is our website. We link to it on there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Your Single Show. And, and it's hilarious. Yeah. You guys have to check it out. Thanks. All right. Thanks, thanks for Laura. having me on. This yeah. was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, so that is a wrap on this week's Big Kid Problem on being single as book. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I appreciate you tuning in. Even if you are single or not single, I hope you you took away something, learned something, or at least feel better about your current situation. I totally freaked you out. Being single is not even a big kid problem. See, like we just realized that together. Um, so wherever you're at in life, enjoy it. Um, you never know what's coming next. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know, share with your friends, put it out on the gram. If you want to like screenshot and put it up on your stories. I don't know. That's just, that's just an idea for you. Also, I want to give a thank you, of course, to our guests this week, Anna Morgenstern, uh, Connor Crehan, and Laura Lane. You guys were awesome. Thank you so much. If you want to catch up with any of them, I'm going to put their info into our show notes. As always, you can hit me up as well. I'm at Big Kid Problems on Instagram or at Sarah A. Merrill underscore. Um, that's my personal. So I hope to hear from you guys, and I hope you will join me next week for a very fun Big Kid Problem episode. So come on back. See you then. Bye.